American Road Trip Talk, where you meet the people behind the stories in American Road Magazine. My name is Foster Brown. You only have to mention the words Route 66, and people all over the world begin to conjure up their own visions of this nostalgic ribbon of American highway. I seriously doubt, however, that many, if any of you, would identify pigeons with that same stretch of asphalt. However, for our guest in this two-part American Road Trip Talk podcast, Route 66 is a feathery freeway. Randy Goodpasture is the owner, loft manager, and organizer of the Route 66 race, in which the contestants are the noble carrier pigeons, capable of speeds that will blow your mind for hundreds of miles. In this first part of our conversation, Randy gives us the big picture of what a pigeon race is and what it has to do with Route 66. In part two, we'll find out more about the character of these noble birds, some of whom were decorated war heroes. Today's interview is brought to you by the Illinois Route 66 Scenic Byway, where the mother road begins. From famous roadside restaurants to hidden gems, Route 66 in Illinois offers a journey back in time. American Road Magazine obviously focuses on America's roads. And we you know, keep our eyes on the road, of course, when we're driving. But our next guest, <laughs> his route is above that road. As a matter of fact, and specifically above Route 66. I'm talking about Randy Goodpasture, who is with us. He is the owner and loft manager of the Route 66 race. And what we're talking about are not cars, are we, Randy? Uh, no, sir. Why don't you tell folks about the kind of race that you are involved in organizing? All right. Well, um, I started the Route66race.com. Uh, it's it's what pigeon people know as a one-loft race. And a one-loft race is uh, a loft, of course, is the house that the pigeons live in. So uh, a one-loft race basically gives people an even playing field uh, to test their pigeons the ability of their pigeons to fly up front and and uh, make the quickest route to the house. But um, a one-loft race is set up. Uh, you get birds when they're out of the nest at four weeks old, four to six weeks old, and they're shipped in, you know, through the express mail service. And then they're lofted in, re-lofted in to the, uh, to the new loft here at Route 66 race. And... Then they are trained most of the summer and exercised, vaccinated. Uh, they get the best of everything. <laughs> and and then come fall, approximately the second week of September, we start what we call road training. And that's where you take the, uh, the young pigeons after they've been routing around the house for an hour to an hour and a half at a time, maybe two hours. Uh, you take them down the road for their first uh, training lesson, which uh, they basically already know how to come home. That that's a built-in instinct to the right. running pigeon. Right. But but what what your job is to do is to train those birds to come home quickly and to orientate and use their God-given ability sure. to to get to the back to the loft in the quickest time possible and they are trained to come in on a whistle so every time they're fed uh, a whistle's blown ah. so, when the, so when the birds come in you whistle they drop out of the sky hit the landing board and run through the loft now each bird is equipped with a computer chip on on their leg and on the other leg uh, they have a non-removable permanent seamless uh, 
plastic coated AU band. We have two national organizations, the American Racing Pigeon Union and the International Federation of Racing Pigeons. Specific clubs belong to those organizations, one or the other. And so all the club members buy those bands from their clubs and band their pigeons with them. That way, if a bird is lost, it can be traced back to the person who purchased the band so the bird can be picked up and cared for. So you get the birds uh, pretty much just a little bit after birth. You then um, house them, you feed them, you take care of them, you train them at your loft. And, yes. and then the racing involved is that the birds are then sent out across a certain route. Yeah, which in my, which in my case is Route 66. I actually I picked that, that name because it's a catchy phrase, of course, and oh, it's a well-known historical marker, highway, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I'd intended on flying you know, the birds mainly, mainly to the west or the east course, and that would allow me to, you know, to fly Route 66. With a strong tailwind, uh, you know, they, they come home, they can reach speeds of 70 miles per hour or above. Wow. And with a, with a strong headwind, uh, I just feel like, you know, if the headwinds are, are, are too much, it puts the birds in danger because they fly fence top high all the way home. And they're, they're more apt to, to get injured, you sure. know, going across a highway or hitting mm-hmm. a fence or a tree. So I like to side courses because the winds are always you know, usually on their sides, if anything, you know, anything else. Um, and it allows them to have good average speeds of, you know, what a bird's usually comfortable flying, which is between now uh, 40 and 48 miles per hour, maybe 50. <laughs> you know, I'm a, Randy, I have to say I'm astounded. I did not know that the birds flew that fast. That is incredible. And they'll fly that, that speed for what kind of distances? Oh, that can fly that speed, uh, you know, all the way from – 600 miles and, and arrive home on the same day they're turned loose. I'm sorry, that is really mind-blowing for me. I had no idea that they were that fast. Now, the pigeons, Randy, that you're talking about, we're talking with Randy Goodpasture, by the way, who was the owner and loft manager of the Route 66 race out in uh, Oklahoma. I, just, just to fill this in for me, because we're used to the uh, being on the road underneath you guys and uh, maybe driving a little slower than some of the birds are flying. Tell us a little bit about the pigeon itself. Well, the racing homer, uh, the homing pigeon was used during the, the World War One and Two, and, and even before that. I mean, the history of the homing pigeon dates way, way, way back. The homing pigeon dates back for centuries. And at the Pigeon Museum here in Oklahoma City, the, the artifacts that you'll find inside of the museum uh, pretty much cover a lot of the timeline, you know, of the homing pigeon, you know, Mm-hmm. From from ancient times all the way up to, you know, where they were used to, to deliver messages first, and then used to to deliver messages during the wars. Yes. And there's actually war decorated hero pigeons. The homing pigeon's been around for for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so what we do today is is to keep that breed going. You have to. You can't just stop flying homing pigeons, or you know they would become extinct. Yeah. Yeah. You know you have you have to keep the homing ability there. So now they're used more for competition, mm-hmm. and they come with, with uh, pedigrees. They're registered with the National Pigeon Organizations. We, we strive to, to breed pigeons that consistently fly out front. And, you know, even if you train, say, uh, three, two or 300 pigeons, and you take them 200 miles, you'll have a group of anywhere from five birds, depending on the weather, anywhere between five birds to 10 birds to maybe 30 or 40 birds on the drop together, and they will land on the landing board and go, go across the scan pad, and, of course, they'll, they'll be timed 
by trapping order, but they all actually arrived at the same time. But, but the other groups will come, you know, five minutes behind that group, you'll get a group, and then five minutes behind that group, another group, and you'll have some come from the wrong direction where they made an orientation mistake and swung around wide to the left or the, or the right. Oh, yeah, okay. And, for the sake of uh, the folks who are listening right now, and maybe just as fascinated as I am by this, how do you how do you judge a winner in a race? Is it an individual pigeon or is it a group of pigeons? It is an individual pigeon. Uh, now, some some races will give prizes to every bird on the drop and consider them equal. But you know, in a horse race, the first horse to put his nose across the wire is the winner. And in a pigeon race, it's considered uh, when you're racing club level, your bird is compared to other people's pigeons. When, when they trap at the clock. So my race is, is uh, through clocking order, mm-hmm. which if there's 10 birds on the drop, the first one that crosses that scan pad, you know, yeah. down to the hundredth of a second, the first pigeon, and then the next one is second, of course, and so on and so forth. You're racing out there in Oklahoma. Uh, is, uh, is this a national sport as well, international sport? Oh, absolutely. But I think about one in three people in Belgium fly pigeons, race pigeons. I knew that, yes, I knew it was a big sport in Belgium. A big sport in Belgium and Holland and Mm -hmm. Germany and uh, China and Japan, Taiwan. Wow. And it's it's, really, it's it's quite a bit smaller here in the United States if you compare us to to those those places there. Is is there kind of an international Olympics of uh, pigeon racing? (laughs) Well, there is an Olympiad race over in Belgium or or Holland, maybe. So, you know, several countries fly against each other in that race. But in the United States, it's a lot of club flying, uh, and, and they just fly for ribbons and sure. uh, trophies and, and bragging rights. <laughs> and uh, Randy, how did you get involved in pigeon racing? I actually got my first bird when I was about six years old. I'm 55 now, going on 56. Wow. And my dad worked at a grocery store, and the bread man at the grocery store had racing pigeons, and he flew in a local club. And I'd climbed with the neighbor boys up on top of the old flower mill and caught some wild pigeons and stuff when I was about, I guess, six, seven years old. I'd go with them, you know, and uh, we'd bring gunny sacks of pigeons home. <laughs> we'd put them in, we'd built his coops and put them out there, and my dad brought home some registered racing pigeons one day and said, if you're going to have pigeons, I want you to have good pigeons that you can have fun with and so that got me hooked and i started flying i think i flew my first race when i was about eight or nine years old i'll be darned pigeons we have all seen and in some ways i've heard them called winged rats you know because Uh they're kind of scavengers the the ones we know in the city now it sounds like this racing pigeons however are a whole different breed oh absolutely well that all pigeons are ancestors of the wild rock dove and, and the wild rock does what you see in the cities and stuff. They, uh, they, they came over here from the, they lived in the cliffs and, and over in England. But uh, they're, they're just a wild variety, mostly gray. But, but nowadays, if you see in the cities, there's a lot of different colored uh, wild pigeons around. And, and those are just uh, results of breeding crosses that, of, of fancy pigeons and racing pigeons that have been lost. And they, they took up with wild pigeons and interbred. So you got more colors now than you used to have. Right, I see. Okay. So what would a racing pigeon look like? Just can you describe one for us? Well, I think everybody probably knows what a wild pigeon looks like. And and basically, a racing pigeon is very similar in in body type from a distance. But uh, they're they're usually a little bit larger bird. They, Uh They certainly have a lot more muscle on them. And they usually have a wider skull, uh, a larger, uh, larger head, larger beak. Uh, taller shoulders, a, a common pigeon or a street pigeon, when they're flying, you can usually tell when you see a flock of them go because they look like they have very 
a very short neck. It's like their headsets on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. That's the silhouette you get when they're flying. And the racing pigeon's neck stretches out there. Uh, they're just built to race and fly for hours and hours. And uh, oh, it's a bit you... different than the wild, the wild pigeon that just has to go 10 or 15 miles a day to go out and eat in the field or something. We're talking with Randy Goodpasture, by the way, who is out in Oklahoma. We're talking about the race that he runs. Uh, it's called the Route 66 race. Uh, now, did you choose that because of where you were, or was there a, a particular interest in identifying with Route 66? Yeah, actually, I am, I'm about six miles from Route 66. I'm okay. just north six miles, and uh, the legendary Oklahoma pop place called Pops with the big pop bottle and all the different kinds of soda pop and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's sitting on Route 66 about eight miles from my house. It sounds like location, location, location is the secret here. We'll be back with the second part of our interview with Randy Goodpasture, who is racing pigeons down Route 66, when you join us for our next podcast here on American Road Trip Talk. This interview was brought to you by the Illinois Route 66 Scenic Byway, where the mother road begins. From famous roadside restaurants to hidden gems, Route 66 in Illinois offers a journey back in time. You've been listening to another edition of American Road Trip Talk, where we introduce you to the people and places behind the articles in American Road Magazine. Please subscribe to our regular podcast interviews through iTunes or your favorite podcast application. And visit us at AmericanRoadMagazine.com for more information about the magazine, trip itinerary suggestions, fun contests, and a whole lot more. Until we meet again on the American Road, this is Foster Brown reminding you that the joy is in the journey.